please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and hit the bell so that you get notified every time we drop an episode and you don't miss out on anything if you're about to listen please just subscribe you can always you know come back and unsubscribe if you don't like it but please subscribe first thank you do it right now right now hit the button (laughs) let's go Hey guys, welcome to the Dirty Lie Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. It is Des and... TMT! Um, are you ready? I'm sort of ready. It's been a long day and hopefully it will be less long by the end of this episode. You know, something to cheer me up. Okay. This episode is about... Ice Spice. Heist. 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 What's the heist? A heist is a coordinated, large-scale thieving endeavor, mm. often committed by a ragtag group of um, entrepreneurs, Okay. each with a specialization, brought together by a plucky leader, usually to commit grand acts of um, thievery, larceny, or just, you know, Government sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So this week, are we doing heists in Nigeria or outside? We're doing all. Ah, okay. All. Okay. The Nigerian heist this week was was brought to you by the APC. No, I'm kidding. Okay, we're not doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just a little game, just a little jokey joke. Um, Are you ready for your questions? Yes, I am. The facts of this episode of the Dead Lie podcast. Let's hear it. One, the Knightsbridge Security Deposit Robbery mm-hmm. was committed by Valerio Vici, who was then arrested by his best friend, Dick Leach. Okay. That's one. Okay. So this is Knightsbridge, this is in England? Yeah. Okay. Two, the Bangladesh Bank Robbery, one of the largest robberies in modern history, Yeah. happened. And one of the many suspects... North Korea. Okay. Okay. So North Korea is suspected of being part of the robbery. Okay. And number three. Yes. The Central Bank of Iraq. Yeah. Was robbed mm-hmm. by one Yude Hussein. Someone we've met before on this uh, podcast. He, he comes back every now and then, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He just has a role to play mm. in these things. Yeah. Saddam Hussein's first son. Yeah. So these are my facts. These are your facts. Bangladesh. Yeah. Uh, Knightsbridge. Knightsbridge yeah. And Iraq. And Iraq. I love an international episode. <laughs> so to get it out of the way, yeah. um, fact three is correct. Fact I know is. that it's true. I know that Uday Hussein and Saddam Hussein looted the Iraqi uh, Central Bank mm. um, when America went there. Mm. I think it should be like the largest heist in history, or at possibly. least, yeah, possibly largest heist in history. So I know that one is true. Yeah, you you get a. The bank was actually looted. Yes. Except the looting was committed by one Kusei. That his name? Kuse. Yeah. His younger brother. Kuse, yeah. Kuse was the one that walked into the bank with a handwritten note from Saddam. Oh, I thought it was like a family effort. It was a family effort, but Kuse was the one that went there and did the 
Yeah. I don't know if you can say I was wrong. I think I can. Because Uday was involved. <laughs> well, according to my thing here, it was QC. Really? Basically, QC walked into... And, okay, you know what? Let's get into this, okay? Okay. And see... And we can decide if you're wrong or right after. Okay, so uh, the first one was... QC, um, Uday, the Iraq one. Okay. So hours between the hours before the 2003 invasion of Iraq, QC mm-hmm. withdrew approximately one billion dollars from the central bank in Baghdad, mm. acting on personal orders from Saddam. He arrived at the bank in Baghdad at 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> working working hours at 4 a.m. on March 18th, hours before the first U.S. strikes, seized around 900 million dollars in hundred dollar bills and a further hundred million dollars in euros. Loaded them, loaded them onto into three tractor trailers and left. As of 2003, this is recognized as the biggest bank heist in world history. Okay. Um, funny enough, later later during the week, not like, almost the same week, Jose was killed by the US. Um. So Saddam had how many sons? Kuse, Uday, and Kuse, Uday. And then two sisters and three sisters, Ragdad, Rana, Rana and yeah, Hala. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um also it wasn't during the week, it was just killed later during the year. Yeah, I was going to say it, yeah. it didn't take a week it for them to kill week, the yeah. brothers because him and Uday were killed together. Together, yeah. Yeah. Um they went out in a blaze of glory <laughs> with Kuse's son. <laughs> it is such a beautiful blaze of glory. But yeah, um that's the thing. I guess they had received intelligence. If you yeah. want to call it that, yeah. I guess intelligence is is a, is a strong way to describe um, the U.S. announcing to the entire world that they're about to attack Iraq. Know, Iraq. Yeah. So, the but fact, no one knew when they were going to do it, right? No one knew, but it was you know it was it was the same Imminent. day. It was the same day. Like they they went in at four a.m. and, oh, those, and those attacks came in that same day later in the afternoon. Ah, I see. I yeah, see. and they got away. Was yeah. the money ever recovered? No. So there's a billion dollars out there somewhere. I'm sure it's been spent. <laughs> there are lots of Husseins out there. Yeah. Lots of lots lots of cronies. Trickle down world. If you believe in that. Trickle down economics. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure some of it is somewhere. so yeah, that's the first heist. You want to get into the other one? The other two? Yes. Which one do you want to do first? Do you want to go into the Knightsbridge security deposit? Or the Bangladesh bank robbery? Um, I think Knightsbridge would be more fun. So let's start with Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, Bangladesh is actually quite good. The issue with Bangladesh is uh, it was just so many people. That's my issue. With it. It's just like so many people came together to do this. Um, the, Bang- the Bangladesh bank robbery, colloquially known as the Bangladesh bank cyber heist, it ah, it was a cyber attack. Yeah, it took place in February. Guess the year. If you had to guess. <sighs> if I had to guess the year. Um, it's recent history. Quite recent. 2021? No, it's oh. too recent. Sorry. Would have heard about it. I don't know. It really? was 2016. 2016. Um, 35 fraudulent instructions were issued by security hackers via Swift Network. Now, if you've ever, um, if you've traveled abroad and you've received money, you've had to probably provide your swift details from whoever was sending you money yeah. or whoever you're sending money to abroad. It's just the sort of PayPal for international transactions. 
Did you say the PayPal? The PayPal. Even though PayPal is now the PayPal for inter- international transactions, PayPal, um, Swift was just a network that uh, facilitated worldwide bank transfers. Still is in many ways. Um, so yeah, they hacked the Swift net- network and they sent in 35 instructions to illegally transfer close to a billion dollars from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York account, which would belong to the Bangladesh Bank. You know, the bank of the central bank of Bangladesh. Okay, so Bangladesh was um, their reserve currency was dollars. Yes. Okay, so their money that was at the Federal yeah. Reserve in New York. Yeah. So they they sent they sent us five instructions to release that money to release the money. Okay. Five of the thirty-five fraudulent instructions were successful in transferring a hundred and one million dollars, with twenty million dollars traced to Sri Lanka and eighty-one mm. million dollars to the Philippines. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York blocked the remaining 30 transactions, which amounted to 850 million due to suspicions raised by a misspelled instruction. Interesting. Now, so is this around the time where um, North Korea was also hacking like Sony and all these uh, United States? Yes, 100%. It's actually linked to the Sony movie. The Sony movie hack. Okay. We'll get okay. we'll get into that though. I, I I will say that I don't think since I think since there was um word processing and internet, I don't think there's ever been a period of time that North Korea wasn't trying to kind of hack the world. Fair? Yeah. I think till today, like as we speak right now, someone in North Korea is doing some hacking and it is not legal. <laughs> but mean, it is government sanctioned. Is is any hacking legal? <laughs> I think so. I think some there's some legal hacking. Really? Yeah. All the money transferred to Sri Lanka has been recovered, funny uh-huh. enough. However, as of twenty as of twenty twenty one, only only eighteen million of the eighty one million transferred to the Philippines has been recovered. Most of the money transferred to the Philippines went to four personal accounts held by single individuals, not to companies or corporations. Now I just want to go back to like third world theft. Or third world illegal activities. Okay. Because this takes me back to um, a certain president who will not be named um, basically authorizing for a kidnapping and a shipment of an individual and how it was only discovered due to not putting the appropriate tags on the bag, on the luggage. (laughs) It's just always a small mistake. How do you decide look i'm going to steal a billion dollars today you plan everything right and the reason you are caught is because of typos you don't spell check i guess the second language like i don't imagine they have good oh come on this is 2016 (laughs) there are so many ways to get around stuff like this Mm. you go to google the thing is like if you type a name I guess with names, I can see how with names, if you want to, instead of typing um, John, like J-O-N, you could type J-O-H-N because that's how you think the John should be. Yeah. But no, it's a federal can so it's, uh, you know, it's you probably, should know better. you should know better. Yeah. yeah you should get everything right. Get all the numbers right. Do this thing enough. properly. Get your money and then live with your, live looking behind you the rest of your life. Live in fear. But also, you know, um, luxury. You live in luxury and fear. That's how you're meant to do it. So basically, let me give you some background events. Bangladesh Bank, which is you know, again the bank of the Central Bank of Bangladesh, maintained an account with the Federal Reserve, you know, Bank of New York, where they handled all their foreign currency reserve, and they would invest some of it to grow their economy, 
and it was multiple billions of dollars. And in 2016, this cyber, cyber attack was not the first of its kind. It's been happening since the mid-2000s. People had been trying, some, some successfully, most not, to get little funds here and there out of it. But um, in this case, it worked. By capitalizing on the weakness of the security of the central bank yeah. itself, so they got information, they got numbers out, they got um, swift, co- swift codes and this and that. These guys were able to steal or attempt to steal 951 million from the Federal Reserve Bank account of New York. It happened between um, 4 and 5 a.m. on February. uh, It happened between the 4th and 5th of February 2016. Where. Can I ask? Sorry. Yeah. So, would you. I mean, it's considered the Bangladesh heist, right? The Bangladesh robbery, but they stole it from the Federal Reserve in New York. I feel like Americans are shifting blame here they're shifting responsibility they stole it from americans they didn't scam the the bangladeshis they scammed new york <laughs> well i like that i like that they scammed the who do we how do we do this did they scam new york via bangladesh or bangladesh via new york i feel like they scammed new york via bangladesh right like if i send you fraudulent uh instructions mm-hmm. to send me somebody else's money yeah like i've defrauded both of you but the person who was really the person who i wanted to embarrass here is you is new york yeah interesting because no no korea like they but, want to embarrass america but the thing is like this they do these scams with information that you can only get from Bangladesh. Imagine if you gave me your favorite book collection to store for a bit, right? And I put them in a safe that only you had the key to. But someone broke into my house with that key that they had stolen from you or that code that they had stolen from you for the safe. Who is to blame here? It has to be both of us. Yes. We have to share that. So I think I that, mean, yeah. yeah, that's I, essentially I what think, this was. I think you're right there that it is a shared uh, it's a shared failure. Mm. But um, I still blame America. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> of the money that was stolen, 101 mil, yeah. 20 mil was transferred to Sri Lanka. And that was intended by hackers to be sent to the Shalika Foundation, a Sri Lanka-based private limited company. The hackers misspelled, oh my God. Look at this. The hackers misspelled foundation in their request to transfer the fund. Spelling the word as foundation. Oh no. The money was shocking them too much. Oh no. They were like, yo, we about to be up in these funds. Oh my gosh. No way. So that was the that was this typo Mm. that got the bank going, hmm. That is hilarious, I'm not gonna lie. This spelling error gained suspicion from Deutsche Bank, yeah. a routing bank, which put a halt to the transaction in questioning after seeking clarification from the Bangladesh Bank. So yeah, that's how they got um, flagged. Oh, Sh- wow. Sri Lanka-based Pan-Asia Bank initially took notice of the transaction, with one official noting the transaction as too big for a country like Sri Lanka. <laughs> this? I'm not laughing at that. I'm not laughing at that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Panasia Bank was the one which referred the anomalous transaction to Deutsche Bank. The Sri Lankan funds have been recovered by the Bangladesh Bank. So, you know, good for them. I'm sorry, but if you're a country and you make a transaction and a bank says, uh-uh, no, 
It's too big for Sri Lanka now. What are, what are they doing with 20 million? 20 million? 20 million dollars. That is... This is an insult. I would rather them just steal the money. That, as, that, as a country, I would rather them steal that money than say it's too big for us. Can you imagine Can you imagine someone batting an eyelid at Nigeria authorizing a 20 million dollar transaction? I just want to say that okay you know people i don't want to agend on this podcast what people say i'm coming for everything mm. but adamu was said to have diverted a hundred million dollars i'm denied adamu the apc uh ch- chairman that's a state <laughs> um, uh, he's from he was governor of nasarawa sorry nasarawa state now if nasarawa state has those type of funds allegedly flowing through their coffers imagine them telling nigeria to chill out mm. to be fair like uh it's not in this life have money Ugh. including as a country <laughs> in fact the more corrupt your country is the more money you should probably have because mm-hmm. what is this how can 20 million dollars be where a con- where, where a bank drew the line out for a country that's that's very messed up the money <laughs> transferred to the philippines was deposited in five separate accounts with the Rizai Commercial Banking Corporation mm. the accounts were later found to be under fictitious, fictitious identities the funds were then transferred to a foreign exchange broker to be converted to Philippine pesos. Return, okay. Returned to the RCBC, that's the Reza Commercial Banking Corporation, and consolidated in an account of a Chinese Filipino businessman. The conversion was made from the 5th to the 13th of February 2016. It was also found that four US dollar accounts involved were opened by the RCBC as early as 15th of May 2015. What's the RCBC? The Rizai Commercial Banking Corporation. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these dollar accounts are open and they remained untouched until the 4th of February 2016. The date mm. the transfer from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York was made. On the 6th of February 2016, during Chinese New Year, Bangladeshi Bank informed RCBC through SWIFT to stop the payments and refund the funds and to freeze and put the funds on hold if the funds had already been transferred, right? Chinese New Year is a non-working holiday in the Philippines. Oh, no. It's Chinese New Year this week. Yesterday, Lunar New Year was yesterday. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fun, I mean, what a coincidence. Yeah. So, yeah, there was Chinese New Year. It's a non-working holiday. So, there was no one to really receive the message. Oh, no. And by the time... Um, by the time the withdrawal... Um, by the time um, they received this instruction, it was already a day later... At this time, the withdrawal amounting to $58 million had already been processed by RCBC's Jupiter Street branch. Oh, wow. On the 16th of February, of February, the Bangladesh Bank requested Banco Central Filipinas assistance in the recovery of its funds, saying that the swift payment instructions issued in favor of the RCBC were fraudulent. Now, this is my favorite part, the investigation. Initially, Bangladesh was uncertain if its system had been unco- had been compromised, which is insane. So the governor of the central bank engaged World Informac- Informatic Cyber Security, which is a, a US-based cybersecurity firm, to lead the incident response. Okay. World Informac Cybersecurity brought in its um, forensic in- investigation company, Mandiant, for the investigation. These investigators found footprints and malware of hackers, which suggested that the system had been breached. Wow. The investigators also said the hackers were based outside of Bangladesh. An internal investigation had been launched by the Bangladesh Bank regarding this case. The bank's forensic investigation found out that malware was installed 
within the bank's system sometime in January 2016 and gathered information on the bank's operational procedures and international payments and fund transfers. This oh, basically wow. means that someone installed the malware, malware straight into their computers. And they just watched for the next year, uh, not year, for the, ne- for, for the next couple of months and they saw the procedures, they saw how money came in, they saw the way um, the um, instructions were issued for SWIFT transfers and they learnt. And again, the only thing that got them caught was the misspelling of the word foundation. Wow. So, I mean, this is like my thing with people. They can be very, very brilliant and diligent, but also really stupid in the same breath. I mean, but there is a separation of labor here, right? I'm assuming it's not the person who watched or who installed the malware that then wrote the instructions. I don't know. Like, I'm assuming it's a team and someone let the whole team down. Someone let the whole team <laughs> I'm down. I'm assuming someone let the whole someone team down. Someone let the whole team down. But also, like, do you not have an editor? <laughs> do mean, you not have a chain of command? You know, when you're thinking of the group, the, when you're trying to plan a heist, you think of the main people you hire. Or, for instance, you can look at the Ocean 11, 11 movies. You have your bagman, you have the safe cracker. You have the um, face man who like charms people and blah blah blah. Yeah. You have the planner. All these guys have done their jobs, and the one guy is in the room. He has a red bull next to him. He hasn't shaved in a few days. <laughs> He's kind of sleepy because he spends the whole afternoon watching the Avatar movie. I feel like you're describing yourself right now. And he just makes this typo <laughs> that no one should make. And here we are. His friends are getting arrested left and right and they're not just making as much money as they should. They got some cash out, yeah. So how does North Korea become a suspect in this? Okay, let's go to North Korea. <laughs> um, the FBI are the main people who suspect North Korea. Federal okay. prosecutors in the United States have revealed possible links between the government of North Korea and the theft. According to this report, US prosecutors suspected that the theft was perpetrated by criminals backed by the government of North Korea. The report also said that to be included in the charges are alleged Chinese middlemen who facilitated the transfer of the funds after it had been diverged to the Philippines. Some security companies, including Symantec Corp and BEE Systems, also known as Bay Systems, claimed that the North Korea-based Lazarus Group, one of the world's most active state-sponsored hacking collectives, were probably behind the attack. They cite similarities between the methods used in the Bangladesh heist and those in other cases, such as the hack of Sony Pictures Entertainment in 2014, Uh. which U.S. officials also attributed to North Korea. Cybersecurity experts say Lazarus Group was behind the WannaCry ransomware attack in May 2017 that infected hundreds of thousands of computers around the world. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency published the alerts FastCash 2.0 North Korea's big old boys robbing banks, which attributed <laughs> the Bank of Bangladesh hack in 2016 to the big old boys. The agency claimed that the big old boys is a threat actor group under the North Korean government's reconnaissance general bureau and have been active, active since 2014. The US NSA, that's the National Security Agency, the US NSA's director, Richard Ledgett, also quoted as saying, if that linkage from the Sony actors to the Bangladeshis bank actors is accurate, that means that a nation state is robbing banks. 
I mean, that just feels, for me, that feels very on brand for North Korea. Like, if you're hacking Hollywood, why not hack some bank systems? And it just seems like they just want to sow chaos around the world. That's their main goal. Like, But also, I don't like this thing. I, I just don't like seeing North Korea through the eyes of the West. Um, uh, there's no other way to <laughs> see it. I'm sorry. Like, it's not one of those two sides uh, things. No, no, yeah. These, I mean, are, these are dangerous, man. <laughs> yeah, like... The, Nothing coming out of North Korea makes you feel like, oh, the West is painting them badly. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> is it that we we have to be able to just say that certain places are bad, mm. that the leaders are bad, that the people are oppressed. Like it yeah. doesn't matter who is telling it, you. These some things. places can be objectively it's, messed it's up. objectively a messed up society. Yeah. Like I feel like it's fair enough to say that. Yeah. If you know some of the things, maybe we'll do an episode on um some of the things that deserters say that they yeah and the things that they had to go through to survive and um it's actually insane it's 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 unbelievable to think that people are living in that way in Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. day and age so so yeah no it's okay i don't have i don't care who is telling me about north korea even China will not tell you that it's a nice, homey place to go and chill and and live. Like, I mean, interesting enough, interestingly enough, they actually charged one person, a North Korean, with um, this attack and the Sunny Pictures attack as well. As were the they w- able to get him? Yeah, I mean, they've charged him, so I think they've gotten him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there have been responses from a bunch of linked organizations, so banks that were involved in. Um, withdrawing some of the money here and there and everyone said look we didn't do anything we're just doing our work we had chinese new year this blah 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 i mean the bangladesh um chief governor atiu rahman resigned from his post amid the investigation of the central bank and subsequent laundering of money by the rb rcbc staff in the philippines he submitted his resolution letter to the prime minister in on the 15th of march 2016 saying it was for the sake of the country no, I was taking this cut. I don't know. I'm just I'm speculating. Murphy, here. can you see your mates? Yeah. Imagine him doing that. Imagine having personal responsibility. Yeah. Imagine mm. taking responsibility for your failures as well as your for your actions as well as your inactions. Have you considered that? There has been no word from North Korea. Trust my villain. <laughs> Bro, North Korea is a crazy place. It's a crazy place. We should do an episode on North Korea. Actually, Ooh. it's a crazy, crazy place. I don't want to do that. I'm scared of North Korea. Uh, we don't have that many listeners. They won't find us. Mm, okay, because I order Korean food all the time. I don't want them to. That is racist. That is South Korea. It's not racist. It's um, xenophobic, maybe. Tribalist, maybe. Yeah. To be fair, they have the same tribe and ethnicity and people. They were just separated thanks to America and Russia. It's proxy wars. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we'll get into that on a, on a different episode. <laughs> yes. So that's the Bangladeshi house. That's the Bangladeshi house. Now we're going to Knightsbridge. This is my personal favorite one. I knew it was going to be. That's why I saved it for the last. I I I could feel it because of the personal nature of the house, mm. and also because you can't even wear watch in London anymore. <laughs> why not? Because they'll still. Guy, have you seen what they do on the streets of London? Is it with the um, scooters? Bro, scooters, bikes, as they are, as you're walking down the street, you can get stabbed for your watch in London. Can I just give them the watch? Uh, that's see, that's my thing, right? 
Like if you say give me your watch or I will stab you, I will give it to you so quickly. There is no reason to actually stab me for the watch. watch. It's one thing I don't understand about like aggravated robberies. Mm. Um a threat is enough. A threat is fine. Like it's it's scary enough to be threatened. Mm just take the thing it's like also like the thing that all the self-defense experts always say they will teach you uh, martial arts skills to defend yourself but they always tell you like look if someone has a knife or a gun de-escalate yeah just give them so yeah no I've seen all these videos like smashed in windows Mm -hmm. even in traffic Um, I saw one that was I'm pretty sure it was Knightsbridge I know someone who got mashed up in Knightsbridge over a watch and I'm just like bro take yeah. Take it. Take the watch. It's yours. Sure. Like I, I have things doing tomorrow. It's <laughs> not that nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have hope for my future. I have ho- yeah, I have a life to live. Like imagine getting slashed and you have to pull through a bag for the rest of your life because you are wearing Rolex. Like take the watch. Mm. <laughs> it's really not that serious. <laughs> John, now please. Please, it's your watch now. Yeah, so let's get into this besties arresting each other. Mm. If I looted a bank, would you arrest me? Yes. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Is it? I believe in law and order. You do? Over friendship, 100%. Okay. Yeah. If I didn't believe in it, this society would crumble. You have to, as a man, you have to stand for something or you fall for anything. Um, so Mandela said that. No. No, he didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, if you robbed a bank. Yeah. I mean, the only people who rob banks in Nigeria are bank owners. Yeah, central bank. <laughs> and former bank owners. They kind of just rob a bank, the bank closes down and they... Move into politics. Move on with their lives. Start a business, a supermarket, mm. say... Ooh, that's What bank chairman again? What bank chairman is in jail in Kirikiri right now? I think it's Atuche. Atuche. What's his first name again? Uh, Francis Atuche. What bank is he the chairman of? Was he the chairman? Of? Bank PHB. Right. Never used them. Um, yeah. The appeal courts affirmed his conviction. Um, it's so strange. Like, I, I didn't know that a bank uh, chairman could go to... I'd be MD. I think it was MD, not chairman. I didn't know the big men went to Kirikiri and yeah. stayed there. But I think it's mostly Kirikiri they go to. But do they stay there? Sometimes. I see more than one big man chilling in Kirikiri. Just like, you know... Build, build their time there. I've seen one in Ikui prison. Okay, so... Um, the Knightsbridge Security Deposit Robbery. Yeah, let's go. I'm excited. The Knightsbridge Security Deposit Robbery took place on the 12th of July, 1987. Cheval Place, Knightsbridge. Mm. Which is in England. It's a very posh part of um, Westminster in London. Um, this robbery and... I want to say two others, some of which we've mentioned, are considered to be the largest bank robberies in history. But before I give you numbers and facts, I want us to remember the fact that this was 1987. So despite the fact that the numbers might not seem as large to you as the other ones, they are in quite staggering sums at the time. The robbery was led by Valerio Vici, who was born in 1955 and and died in the year 2000. He's a lawyer's son who arrived in London in 1986 from his native Italy, where he was wanted for 50 armed robberies. Oh, wow. He's Mm. a professional armed robber. And probably his dad's favorite client. 
<laughs> that is an impressive CV. Once in London, he quickly resumed his robbery career to fund his Playboy lifestyle. I mean, now the thing is, if you look up pictures of Valerio Vici, mm. they're going to see a handsome Italian man. Can I see? I wonder what handsome for 1987 was. I know what handsome for me is. <laughs> so I'm I'm only judging based off of me. Okay. I'm the standard of what is like handsome. This is a very blurry. You know what? Yeah. I I do see it. He does have that monobrow that. Um, yeah. He's got that 80s Italian appeal. He wore gold chains. He drove Ferraris. Dark hair. Tall, dark, and handsome, Tall, as they dark say. And handsome, yeah. <laughs> um, so, this is a professional. I'm sure he was swagged out also. Oh, no. He was a bad boy. Don't play with, don't play with Valerio. So, He's, he comes to London. Yeah, he comes to London in 86. And the robbery happens in 87. Um, Does not waste time, though. Honestly, he doesn't. And also, like, this is also... This was a time where be wanted for 50 arm robbers and still find a way to make it into London. I always say this well, like life before the 2000s must have been so interesting. It's really life before 2001. Yeah. Right? Because border control changed after 9-11. 9-11. Like that's really what changed the game in terms of border control like to, to the level that we're seeing today yeah it's hard for people to remember what life was like before 2001 there was a time where you could go anywhere and just reinvent yourself but there was also a time where like even in an airport you could just walk all the way up to the gate yeah like even if you're not traveling yeah everyone just came through that's why in all these old rom-coms you see the guy run up to the, to the gate gates, yeah. and beg her not to leave <laughs> I'm like, where do they do that at? Not anymore, baby. Where do they do that? Better I've catch up before this. she checks in. This is, this is, like, you. I'll watch a movie like Avengers and I'll see a scene like that in a film and that would just strike me as very unrealistic. <laughs> Fair um, enough. Yeah, so um, he was wanted for 50 robberies in Italy and, um, you know, he came to London and he was trying to find his footing. After a while, he secured inside help. Um, he obtained the help of the managing director of the center, a man called Paravez Latif, a cocaine user who was heavily in debt. The best type of target? The best type of inside man. Someone who needs it. On the day of the robbery, the two men entered the Knightsbridge Safe Deposit Center and requested to rent a safe deposit box. After being shown into the vault, they drew handguns and subdued the manager and security guards. The thieves then hung a sign on the street-level door explaining that the safe deposit center was temporarily closed whilst letting in further accomplices. They broke open many, a safe, many of the safe deposit boxes and left with a hoard estimated to be worth £60 million. In the 1980s? In 1987. 60 million in 1987. And this was like back when the pound was the pound. So it was worth approximately 98 million dollars. Big boy. 98. <laughs> a hundred mil robbery, essentially. I like that. I like that for him. Yeah. One, one year of job experience in a new country. He's <laughs> like, I'm ready to take it to the big leagues. He formed a team he scouts a location and he steals this much money. He finds an inside man that he, co- he probably coerces with his staggering debt. 
it's it's impressive it's, it's very impressive that's incredible work ethic <laughs> so one hour after the robbery the robbers departed the shift changed and the new staff discovered the crime and alerted the police police forensic investigators recovered a bloody footprint that was t- traced to valerio vici after how I p- do you trace i don't even know how they did that they had fingerprints then i was like the but you said a bloody footprint um, fingerprint. Oh, fingerprint. Bo- oh, okay. I said footprint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bloody fingerprint that was traced to Valerio Vici. Oh, okay. After a period of surveillance, several of his accomplices were arrested during a series of coordinated raids on the 12th of August 1987, and later they were convicted of the crime. Vici, however, fled to Latin America for some time. Trust my boy. Bro. Trust my boy. Back in the day, they were like, I'm on the run. Let's go to Brazil. Let's go, baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> Later, when after he arrived to England to retrieve and ship his Ferrari Testarossa to Latin America, police arrested him. I'm sorry. He came back for a Ferrari. Yeah, he, he, did, he did. He, he did. came back for... He came. He he was Italian, but he came back to England to pick up a Ferrari. So did he just think like it was more likely that the Italian police would get him for the fifty if he went there to pick his Ferrari? Yeah. But then like why why not go somewhere where you haven't fifty crimes? Then is most lawyers haven't finished fifty cases. Yes. <laughs> How many do you need to be son? Not fifty. Way less. <laughs> So 50 crimes is impressive. 50 crimes means that I mean 50 he was born in 55, right? Yeah. This was happening in 87. 87. So my man was 32. Yes. Yeah. So 50 he's prodigious at this point. He cannot he cannot return to Italy. I told you incredible work ethic. This is this is a But he needed a Ferrari that bad. I don't know. He's just, you know, stallions stallions need stallions. You know, but the thing is that when you get away with so much, you become emboldened. Mm. It, it, it's, it's one of those things. Like, you're more likely to slip up yeah. down the line than you... Like, you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like that's yeah. foolishness. He probably had a plug for a Ferrari in Latin America, but it was like, ah, at this exchange rate. I feel like he wanted to go there to back to the scene of crime. You know how, like, uh, people keep trophies? Like, criminals yeah. keep trophies? Like, I think yeah. he just wanted to walk by and be like... <laughs> Because the Ferrari store is in Knightsbridge. At yeah. least it is now. I don't know if it was back then. Probably, <laughs> it probably was back then. I mean. So he goes back and he's arrested by his bestie. Yeah. Um, he was sentenced to 22 years, serving his sentence in Parker's prison on the Isle of Wight. Mm. While serving his sentence there, he forged a friendship with Dick Leach, a flying squad officer who led his arrest. Now, I don't know if you... Do you know what the Flying Squad is? No. It's a branch of the Serious and Organized um, Crime Command within the Metro, the London's Met Police. Okay. It is also known as the Robbery Squad or the Special Crime Directorate. Or Sorry, S- the guy's name is Dick Leach. Yeah, his name is Dick Leach. This is only the second worst Dick name I know. <laughs> What's the first one again? Dick Broadhead. Yeah, I remember. Who that. was the president of my university? Mm. <laughs> Why is your name Richard Broadhead? Like his name was Dick Broadhead. That's a good name. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Dick Leach, who was part of the squad who arrested him, was he in prison or he was just visiting him? Always? He was just visiting him and they also regularly wrote letters to each other, referring to themselves as Fred for Dick Leach and Garfield for Vichy. 
so um fred was a cartoon um yeah, yeah about the fred fred the basset hound so he's like this cartoon dog and garfield obviously is the cat, the cat he yeah. would also call um vici the wolf sometimes interesting so they were just besties they were regularly writing letters to each other they were they formed a solid friendship that's cute did vici yeah. die in jail well no he died the way he lived in 1992 he was deported to italy to serve the rest of his sentence uh-huh. he was incarcerated in an open jail in pescara where he was allowed and get this he was allowed to live a lifestyle he was already accustomed to as well as running a translation company interesting i don't know if you know what an open jail is yeah it's one of those like you go in you go out yeah so he was living his life he was still a playboy he was still doing his thing probably found a cheaper ferrari (laughs) um yeah and he was running a translation company probably learned english while in prison um on the 19th of april 2000 during day release from prison a gunfight broke out between vici an accomplice and the police resulting in vici's death oh wow two autobiographies of vici's life have been published one titled fast to live and the other titled live by the gun die by the gun fair enough yeah fair enough yeah vici Bad, bad boy bad boy <laughs> bad boy for life <laughs> bad boy for life <laughs> uh, i mean i tried to find out if dick leach went to his funeral but there was no information on information that. on that um i will be reading the book though so if i get any extra facts i will put them here okay yeah because you know there was a um there was one that came out about him in 1992 and there was a posthumous one that came out in 2004 so I'll probably be reading the one that came out in 2004. Probably more facts. Probably a contribution. A nice little forge from Dick Lee. <laughs> to my friend. To my friend, though Garfield. You may, though, though hanging out with you was a hoot. <laughs> you are not as wise as an owl. Something like that. Just like, that is... Tinta, why, <laughs> why does your brain do this? <laughs> why does your brain do this? Just I, a nice little forge. For well, friend. I want to say my favorite... Um, character from this whole thing, yeah, is Kuse. Yeah, why? <laughs> Kuse got away scot free. Let me, I, I mean, just, he, going, going back to Kuse's thing, he got pummeled by American rockets. Yeah, he did. But <laughs> his he, body was put on display afterwards. I don't think scot free. No, no, no. I mean, he got away with the robbery. The robbery. He, you know, he walked into the bank with a handwritten note. I just want to say something. President's son walking in to the bank with a note, and nobody's like, "Would you get out of here?" They're like, "Ah, take one billion in cash." It makes you wonder if there's a scenario where that could happen in Nigeria at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm. A certain candidate won. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which of his sons do you think would consider has one son. such a brazen act? Who is he? There are three candidates. I'm just, you know, I'm asking people to think laterally. <laughs> Different candidates, different songs. Well, which of them? If you had to imagine, it's uh, it's. I mean, it's it's brazen and it is also so simple. Mm. Like he doesn't. I think some of the crimes that upset me the most is like when I like, just genuinely dumb people. Like you, you don't need sense to get a billion out of the central bank. You just need a note from daddy. <laughs> 
like somebody else is putting malware somebody else is you know scouting the place they're getting a team you're walking they're doing, with, you're, you're walking just walking with, with a nose and a big car to, to whom it may concern <laughs> Oh my gosh like do you know you get what i'm saying like sometimes when you look at sometimes when i look at the quality of scams mm. quality of scams in nigeria i'm just disheartened by how simple it is mm. like it you don't even need sense you don't and then it now makes the guys that catch these guys feel like master detectives but it's like no 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 anyone it, could hack bro, this. are you joking yeah yeah not sherlock holmes anyways we we thank God we're not Iraq. <laughs> Yo, we thank God we're not Iraq. We don't have a dictator. We don't have uh, oil reserves missing. Mm-hmm. We don't have a dodgy central bank. What? <laughs> what? Couldn't be us. <laughs> Could not be us. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two very different countries, really. We don't what? have a terrorist problem. <laughs> How? Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh, you Good just times. made me feel sick in my stomach. I think I think I'm done for. <laughs> I think I'm done for today. <laughs> How about that? Um, welcome and goodbye to the Dirty Life Podcast for this week. We'll see you next week where Adesua will be telling us about hijacks. Woo woo woo! Plain hijacks. <laughs> Enjoy your week. Pick up your PVC and make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye.